closing our series of college life, my experience through my four years of institutional learning. And again, thank you for, for rocking with me on this podcast, talking about little tidbits of my life, especially talking about my college experience. And it, it's coming to a close. If you want to catch up on the series, you're more than welcome to go to my website at www.arawperspective.com and you can catch up on all of the former series for my junior year, sophomore year, freshman year, and even my previous podcast work uh, during this time. But today, we are going to be finishing this series to talk about my senior year, and I'm looking forward to it. But before we officially get started, I want to wish my brother, Kyle Dwight Wallace, I said your whole government name, it is there on the interwebs. I want to wish you a happy birthday. Today is his birthday, and I love the brother. And yeah, he, he is my brother. So I wanted to definitely wish him a happy birthday. From the bottom of my heart, bro, I love you. Enjoy your day. Turn up or go to sleep. Eat some food. Yeah, just be safe out in these streets. That's all I ask. All right, back to the series. For my senior year, the lesson of the day was, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Now, before I initially get started with my my senior year, I would say that my summer consisted of an internship opportunity. I had an opportunity to work with Enterprise Rent a Car. We will pick you up is their slogan. And the internship was recommended by my father. And he said that I should get some work experience before going out into the real world. And rightfully so. He's a smart man. I didn't know what Enterprise was, but... My dad worked in the insurance company, partnered with many different rental dealerships in Enterprise and had names referred and I got a referral to interview for the management trainee internship position. So I do that, I meet the uh, the coordinator, the internship coordinator, uh, his name was Drew Butts, and going through a standard interview, he made it really cool. He was a really cool guy, was Ohio State all the way through and through, and yeah, just kept a very candid conversation. Obviously, I had to do my research on the company, did all that, and, and nailed the job, nailed the position. I think the challenge for me for that position was, I uh, hadn't disclosed this, I've, I've been in a relationship since the beginning of my, my sophomore year. Um, I was dating an individual that was going to another institution. She was down at, at Jacksonville State University in Jacksonville, Alabama, I believe that's where it is. So this is where my my relationship, I was, I was in a relationship for about two and a half years 
and this was the beginning of the end because I started a new position at Enterprise and Enterprise took up a lot of my my personal time with my significant other at the time. So I would be working from 6 a.m. and then closing at 7 p.m. And then I would have a flex day on Wednesday where I was just literally exhausted because my site, they usually put the interns near, near where they live. But my site was all booked up and they needed someone to go elsewhere. And that left me as the odd man out. Uh, I had to commute, I believe, an hour and a half each day to Enterprise Rent a Car for my my uh, internship opportunity. Now, mind you, that Enterprise is a sales company. So, what are they selling? They're not just selling the rental units; they're also selling the protection packages that come along with those units. And that's how they get their money. Uh, so I was competing against other management trainees and everybody starts at the same management trainee and then you become the office manager and then you become a branch manager and then you have different fleets and that's how you advance through, through the company. So if you are, are good at persuading, smooth talking, that is the job for you. And then they tra they train you. They train you this way as an intern. And the top interns that that do well are offered a position. Obviously, the sales pitch uh, wasn't really my strongest forte at the time. So therefore, I struggled in in my position uh, getting protection packages. Um which resulted in me not, not doing well. <laughs> and especially with, in corporate America, from a sales side, it's about how much you can sell. And that's how you do it. Yeah, and I, I struggled. So I struggled at my, my position. I struggled to have the energy to put myself in a healthy relationship and only time we really got to see each other was during the summer months uh, and that that was definitely challenging for me to navigate when I was trying to do all these things I was I, I, I would even go into my significant other's place and then I would just fall asleep on the couch because I was just exhausted and then doing it all over again so that definitely put a strain on our relationship uh, and as we went our, our separate ways for, for the summer to our to my last year of school, she was a junior, um, that, that would be the last time that we would say, you know, I love you and, and all of that. Because the time that she got back to school, uh, definitely a rift in, in the way that we communicated. And... Said she wanted to take a break, so in my mind that meant we were a, a breakup. And that month of November, she she broke up with me. Uh, 
And I was devastated because that was my, my, my first love, the first true love that, that you, that you had, right? Um, I was definitely devastated. Uh, it's like, wow, she just broke up with me. It's like, this couldn't happen to me. Uh, and what made it worse was she broke up with me via text message, which is like, you just have to read that over and over again. It just, just messed up my whole psyche. Uh, I mean, I've been broken up with like previous encounters through through text messages as I, I as I've matured and, and grown up. And I'm like, wow, you just you just sent me this novel. <laughs> um, but neither here nor there. Um, it, it happens. That's how she wanted to break up with me. I was devastated, uh, so I don't even remember what I what I was saying, but I was definitely under a lot of emotions, uh, sticking myself <coughs> in in the worst worst condition. She can probably tell you better than I can, but what uh, that was what over ten years ago. <laughs> I don't even remember, but at the time it was definitely something that I was devastated, man. Uh, and I wasn't a big drinker uh, in college. Like as far as like parties were concerned, I wasn't the one I was drinking. I was more the designated person. But that night, uh, since I was finally 21, I waited till I was 21 to like buy a beer uh, to go to the clubs. Yeah, I didn't have fake. I just literally waited till I was 21 to do all that, and I had my. My other friends um, to help uh, get me through this tough time. So it was Bridget, it was Kai, it was Altoff. They they all bought me um, Long Island iced teas at Little Joe's. They were like two dollar, three dollar. It was significantly cheap that day, and they just let me get hammered and just listen to my problems, listen to my issues. Um, and I, I was really grateful for them during that time. Uh, I also had a bottle of Ciroc in my room as well. And I just went on a, a binger. I just was drinking, which was definitely negative. I could have killed myself with alcohol poisoning over, over this one girl that, that messed up my heart. My first true love. Uh, yeah, I... That was the first time that like I, I was like in the in a low spot in a while, not since the Hampton days, but yeah, I, I suffered the consequences after the the stupor. Uh, that was the first time I ever missed class. I always went to class. I never skipped class. That was the first time in my entire life that I've ever skipped class. But say la vie. Devastated, newly single. I tried to figure out what what could I do to like have a good time. So I remember having a friend who went to the University of Wisconsin said, "Hey, can I come up to your school for the weekend?" And they said, "Sure, come through just to go to a party school to experience that." And I didn't realize how white Wisconsin was until I got to Wisconsin. 
uh, University of Wisconsin's beautiful campus uh, up in Madison. You can look right off the lake. It's I feel like the institution is embedded uh, with 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 the town. And so I went up there. I was like, "Yep, show me a good time. Let me go party. Let me go be newly single. All of that." Didn't know what I was getting myself into, especially with how white the campus was. I was like, where are the black people? Um, went to this bar. It was nothing but, but white folks. I was like, I feel like a sore thumb. And they're just getting pissy face drunk. And I'm just observing. like, yeah, this is not my speed. I was looking at the University of Wisconsin for like law and stuff. I don't know. I don't know why I was up there. I was just up there because I was hurt and needed to go up to Wisconsin to, to move on, to move on. Clearly that, that wasn't the case. Um, and my, my weekend up there just reminded me like, wow, predominantly white institution means predominantly white institution. I did not see no black people at the University of Wisconsin. Um, yeah, that that was a culture shock for me and I was like, all right, I can't wait to go home. So that's what I did, I went home. Uh, so, my significant other at the time dumped me, went to Wisconsin, under, like, overwhelmed, underfulfilled as far as partying. And, my major political science was not fulfilling to me anymore. My aspirations was supposed to go to be a defense attorney to help with the injustices that are happening to people that look like me. That was not going to happen because I was losing my passion for political science. And then I remember my professors like everyone's an idiot that goes to law school because there's a saturation in the market. And you won't get a position. So I decided that political science was not going to be for me. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I've always been good at student activities, being an RA, being engaged with the institution. So I met with one of my mentors, Joe Timpson. He told me about student affairs and told me that you could go to graduate school and have a job at the same time and work, work in college forever. So I was hooked. I was like, all right, let me do this thing. Let me go do my research. I got to meet with other people. All the people that I talked with were in residence life. Um, at the time, I thought that was the most viable option for me because I liked free housing. <laughs> um, to this day, I've never had my name on a, a rental unit property. I, I got a mortgage, but I have never had to like officially pay rent with my name on the rental deed. Like Even when I was living in the city, I had a roommate that I would just pay him because his name was on the deed. But other than that, yeah, I... I've lived in free housing, yeah, all the way up until I was 20, 28. So from, well, obviously my parents were paying for it, but 
once I turned 20. So from 20 to 28, I lived rent free. <laughs> and I spoke with everybody that was in residence life. Um, and there was this one opportunity where they had a graduate assistance fair. It is called the Oshkosh Placement Exchange. And this is for graduating students or students that are just like fresh out of school, maybe a year or two, can go and interview with institutions there, mostly in residence life. And you can secure a graduate internship while pursuing a master's degree in their particular program. So I go to this placement exchange Every Midwest institution that you can think of was there. We had Northern Illinois University, which was my, my father's institution. I was, I was hell-bent on going to NIU. That was my, my number one. It was, it was safe. It was down the road. I didn't have to worry about anything. And then there was a nice network for me to go to NIU and then me trying to join Alpha Alpha Fraternity Incorporated since my dad had some some cloud up at NIU. I knew I wasn't going to get rejected if I were to pursue the alumni chapter route at NIU. Other institutions that were there, they had the University of Illinois, um, they had Wisconsin. Um, all the Big Ten schools were there. In particular, the one Big Ten school that had my eye was Iowa. Don't know why. I was also very white. <laughs> Me being this only black person going to Iowa City, Iowa, or wherever it is. I don't even know. But Iowa was there. And then Kansas, the University of Kansas. Uh, and I was like, this is a white school too. <laughs> I was I was saying no, I'm hell bent on going to uh, NIU, but what happened was Joe Timpson, my my mentor, told me to check out University of Kansas or KU because uh, his sister-in-law Natalie Timpson works there as one of the assistant directors of Residence Life, so she'll be on the the recruiting committee, and they were coming in to the Grunhagen because I rode up with a couple of the, the RDs. I think it was Danica and Miranda Unbusky, um, who's now Miranda Perry. Uh, I rode up with them. There was a couple other people in the car. I don't remember. I think it was Capria. It was me. And then there was two other people that I don't know um, or don't remember their names off the top of my head. But they came with us. We stayed at the Grunhagen. We bumped into Kansas. I was like, oh, Kansas. And it's like, I'm looking for Natalie Timpson. It's like, oh, Natalie Timpson. I, I know your, um, your brother-in-law, Joe Timpson. She's like, oh, that's wonderful. I have to text Joe, let them know that I, that I met you. Uh, <laughs> and that was, that was my interaction with Kansas. And then I had a, um, a meeting with, with Kansas because how it works at the Oscash Placement Exchange, you go around and you are a candidate and you can pick and choose which schools you want to have 
this informational meeting with. It's basically an interview. And then if you pass the first interview process, then they invite you for a second interview. And then for the second interview, then they'll determine whether or not to bring you on campus uh, to be considered for a graduate assistantship. So the, the top three schools for me at the time were NIU, University of Kansas, and Iowa. I made up my mind that I was not going to Kansas, no way in hell. I was going to NIU, and then Iowa was going to be my backup. I do all of the, the interviewing process. I get first and second interview requests from NIU, Iowa, and Kansas. Working out perfectly. And I get an on-campus offer from the University of Kansas. When I go to my mailbox, I was like, this is great. I also got an on-campus from, from NIU. I always said that they were going to email their people after uh, the Grunhagen thing. Um, and then I had to let all these schools know at a certain time before I can do the on-campus. So, I felt like I had, I was only going to go to two schools. I was going to go to NIU and I was going to go to Iowa. So I felt like I had Iowa in the bag and they were going to email me at the end of, of the time. Little did I know when I got back to campus, uh, the first thing I did was I rejected the University of Kansas. I said no to KU because I was afraid that if I were to go to another institution that was far away, and by far away, more than four hours, <laughs> uh, I would have another breakdown and I didn't want to have that what, what experience that that happened to me at um yeah that happened at, at Hampton. So the the email comes. I obviously I call NIU saying yes, I want to come to their on campus visit. And I get an email from Iowa. So this is me assuming that I got the, the on campus with Iowa. Nope. It is a rejection letter stating, thank you for your time, but we have decided to move on with our candidacy for, um, yeah, for that. So I was, I was panicking, but I felt like I was going to go to NIU. I just reject KU. Iowa said no. It's like, all right, am I just going to put all of my eggs in one basket with, with the school? It's like, okay. So the day after I rejected Kansas and I got my rejection letter from Iowa, I get a very long email from Natalie Timpson, who's Joe Timpson's sister-in-law. <laughs> this letter, and I wish I could find it, my gosh, but she said, no, you have to reconsider coming to, to Kansas. I believe at the time Kansas had like a credit, like they would only pay a percentage of your, your trip. And during this time, my family was going through some financial issues, particularly with 
paying for my, my last year at the university, I believe the housing crisis was what was going on. Um, and people weren't able to pay their homeowner's insurance, which was impacting my dad's business as a state farm agent. So they, they were, they were broke. Um, fortunately they, they put all that effort into my, my education. It was definitely the last year. I didn't want to put that financial burden on them. And I was afraid that what happened at, at Hampton would happen at, at Kansas. Um, so that's why I rejected them. But she said that they would pay for my flight to Kansas City. They would come pick me up from Kansas City uh, and just, just check out the campus. And if they were going to pay my way to get me on campus, then they showed me love. And I was said, okay, fine. So I, I accepted them for my on-campus visit. Now, the first school I was going to go to was NIU. NIU was going, it was down the street. I was uber confident that I was going to get the residence life coordinator assistantship. I go there, we have a, a mock class to show us how class would work. And I was like, this is pretty cool. You know, get to, to interact, have dialogue, discussion. That was pretty dope. And then after that, we had lunch and then we would go and break out into our, yeah, our, our interviews. So I, I meet with, with the residence life folks for the coordinator position and I bombed this interview. This was probably one of the worst interviews I've had in my life. This one and the University of Texas at Austin uh, second interview was, was really bad. Uh, <laughs> those are probably my... Oh, and the one with the University of Chicago and I was trying to be an academic advisor. Those were the top three that I can remember in my head where I was just... Terrible. Terrible. Uh, but alas, I was devastated. I didn't think I was going to get into either. And I didn't want to go to Kansas at, at the time because I was afraid. But it seemed like Kansas was going to be my, my last shot too. Or otherwise, I would have not gone to anybody's institution because I wouldn't have had a graduate internship or a graduate assistantship as they called them. And my parents weren't going to be able to afford a master's program. I had nothing left in the cards but go to Kansas. But they picked me up from the airport. They got me settled into the Sunflower Apartments where there were other candidates for the position. So I met Bart Sonnenberg there. I met Don Vante Walton, rest in peace. And they were part of the the apartment, the sunflower apartments that, that we had. And I, I got to have a, a little bond with them. I remember I used to vlog and I just wanted to take in my entire experience. I had like a GoPro camera before GoPros were GoPros. And I was just saying, hey, I may never come here, so I might as well. 
do do the most and, and record everything. Now, while I was here during this weekend, it was during the Elite Eight, Sweet 16 Elite Eight games <laughs> that, 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 that was going on. Um, so, Kansas was going to be playing in the Elite Eight, and... They, the, the, the campus was buzzing. There was, there was a lot of energy for the, the Kansas Jayhawks. And this was the first time that I went to a campus where they took school sports seriously. And basketball was serious at the University of Kansas. So we got to meet all the other potential candidates for, for the, the assistantship. Got to meet them, and they, they, they play play a key later in my life. Just don't know them like that yet. I might do a series on my on my graduate school, but I haven't thought about that yet. So we get to meet them. We, we go to the scholarship halls where they have house proctors and scholarship directors, scholarship hall directors, where they would just cook and clean for themselves, and that's how they would establish it was cheaper living, but they, they lived in the residence halls. Uh, I was like, whoa, this is, this is different. But yeah, we got to experience what the, the assistant hall directors would look like, and then the, the scholarship hall directors look like. And then we decided to watch the Elite Eight game uh, with, with Kansas. And they won, and the crowds were going wild. <laughs> uh, even our the first year graduate students, this is like this is the first time we've actually experienced this because getting to the final four is really hard, um, and just to see the jubilance, the joy on campus, I had to record this. I have all of this footage on my Facebook page. Of just me being joyous, saying that we made it to the final four. This is like confirmation that I wanted to go to this school because of the love and the energy and support that not only the residence life department had had shown me by giving me another chance. They waived my uh, application fee to to apply for the position. I got to meet the the faculty. They they had a lot of faith in in my efforts. I was, I felt love. And even the, the first year graduate students, it's like Kansas basketball team is probably going to be coming back like by midnight. And we have interviews Sunday at 10 a.m. But we're going to go to Allen Fieldhouse and just experience this because we may never get to experience this again. And I, I joined the team of, of first year graduate students. Me and Don Bonte went. There was others um, that were there. I believe Mike was there. Um, Dylan was there, uh, Courtney was there, um, Travis was there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all in, in my video. Um, and, and it was a good time. It was a good time. I think Kelsey Pluger was there too. And we got to experience Allen Fieldhouse. I, I came into Fog Allen Fieldhouse feeling the vibe. Watching the, the Titantron as we wait for the team to come back through the doors. They came back, showing that they won the Midwest title. 
We're just cheering, having a good time. And they only stayed for like five minutes. And we waited there for like an hour. But that was something that I experienced. And then went back to Sunflower Apartments. I said, this is the place that I want to be. And very next day, excelled in my, my, um, my interviews. I excelled. It was probably the best interviews that, I, that I've done in my life. <laughs> I, I went there. I was at peace with my decision. It's like, all right, Kansas is where I need to be. So I, I go home. Sunday, I get a call Monday from who's going to be my supervisor uh, stating that, hey, we'd like to offer you. Uh, could you just let us know in like 72 hours? It's like I literally just got back yesterday for, and y'all offer me today. Uh, I would think about it. And then I had to talk to some NIU folks and... See if, they, if I was even being considered. Uh, I waited 48 hours. And then NIU gave me a call telling me that they accepted me for their, their assistantship for the residence life coordinator. And I was at a crossroads. I got what, both, what I wanted. I wanted to go to NIU. I could have fulfilled my dad's legacy of going again and, and doing it all over again. Or I can be my own person and go to KU. And I feel like I made the right decision because I went to KU. I took the road less traveled. I took the road of unfamiliarity. And I am definitely happy about that decision looking at hindsight right away. I was probably one of the best decisions that I that I ever made, um, truthfully. And then with with Kansas, the the only difference was that they offered me the graduate assistantship, which would take care of my room, board, and food. But they had the in in state tuition, which was another challenge. So I was going to have to figure out how to pay for my graduate degree, as opposed to NIU, which offered free free ride room board tuition all of that but KU showed me more love and they gave me a generous scholarship which pretty much negated my my tuition fees I think I only had to pay a hundred dollars a month I was on a payment plan to pay off my my graduate program and I was like okay I can do that because I got a stipend with my graduate assistantship. So I made a decision. I was going to KU. I want to thank Natalie Timpson. I want to thank Joe Timpson. Because it's not what you know. It's who you know. They helped me so much. To get into this field called student affairs. And yeah, I'm still in it. Uh, don't know how long I'm going to be in it. Uh, I'm not a lifer by any chance, but I got a few more years in me to do this this type of work for, for students. And, and me having that confirmation that I know what I'm doing next was great. It was really great. 
uh, I graduated from the University of Illinois at Chicago. That was a really, I wouldn't say easy year, but that was a very lax year because all of my, my, my courses for my program were, were completed. So I was just taking all core courses, general elective courses, which boosted my GPA significantly. And I graduated with honors. My dad was wearing a, a black and gold KU tie because he was proud that I was going to the University of Kansas. Uh, my mom was proud. My brother Lamar was there. Kyle, I believe, was doing his tour with the Navy. Uh, yeah, I was had a three, yeah, 3.53, so I boosted up my GPA to honors. Went to the Cheesecake Factory. I was done with my undergraduate degree, not knowing what the next steps were except this graduate program at Kansas. I didn't know what Kansas had in store for me. This was going to be yeah, unfamiliar territory, and I'm glad that I did it. And I had an opportunity to embark on my graduate studies. So, that is the series of a college life. My freshman year all the way up to my senior year. I know I didn't give very specific stories, but transferring from Hampton to UIC, again, was, was the best decision, looking at it in hindsight. Being able to heal, being able to grow, that is something that I needed. And UIC was definitely the foundation for me to go and explore a different, different state. <laughs> and me growing up, maturing to pursue a, a master's degree in higher education administration, going into a profession called student affairs, academic affairs, whatever affairs that you want to call it, within an institution of higher learning. That all set me up to who I am today, and this is why I'm currently doing this podcast, because I know that student affairs isn't my forever thing that I'm going to be doing. I want to explore other outlets, obviously try to be logical in that. You heard it from my hopes and dreams. I, I really want to focus on, on things that, that give me joy. So the first thing, you know, making sure that I'm taking care of, of myself. So my, my physical health. I'm not a spring chicken like my mom would say. I'm approaching mid-30s. I'll be 31 on my birthday. And I'll be the start of season three of a raw perspective. And I'll be 31. Uh, I really want to make sure that my health is in priority. Um, number two is making sure that I, I continue to save financially. And then the third one is just making sure that I can improve on skills, skill sets. That's for me personally. And being able to have the people surrounded by me, my, my, my family, my loved ones, and just in my corner as I pursue what seems like going to be uncharted territory. And I'm, I'm excited for, for the, that opportunity. Uh, 
I'm just grateful for for life, life itself. And I'm grateful for those those four years because that's all I had was four years. So that was a college life series. So until next time, my name is Richard Anthony Wallace. This is a raw perspective. Thank you.